Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine here with attorney Mark Scroggins of Scroggins Family Law, serving Dallas, Collin, and Denton Counties. This is the Scroggins Family Law Podcast series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. Today we're talking all about children's issues. We're going to talk about conservatorship and decision-making, rights to determine primary residence of a child, support calculations for children, and also medical, educational, and religious issues that come up in divorce and family law cases. I'm here with Mark Stroggins. He's a board-certified family law attorney. He's aggressive and experienced in practices in Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. By way of disclaimer, this is a general information program. The program is not legal advice. For specific questions, you should call Scroggins Family Law at 214-469-3100. Time to say good morning to Mark Scroggins. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Doing well this morning and looking forward to talking about children's issues very common questions when people start the divorce process. Let's just jump right into this conversation about what is conservatorship um, and what involves decision-making. A lot of people are used to these ideas of custody and visitation, and of course, that's what they look for. So on a lot of websites, we see custody and visitation, but really in Texas, our family laws involve conservatorship and then, uh, you know, periods of possession and access. So especially for people who are moving into Texas who might have had family law issues and cases uh, in other states, things are a little differently. So let's tell them how we do it. Sure. Well, let, let me start with one thing. Um, lots of people have heard joint managing conservators, and they think joint means, okay, that means we're splitting everything. We've got 50-50 time, and it doesn't have a damn thing to do with that. What conservatorship is dealing with are the rights and duties that each parent has with child rearing. So, so what that means is who's going to make the decision on education? Who's going to make, uh, you know, non-emergency type medical decisions or psychiatric or psychological or dental or, you know, does baby need braces, that kind of thing. And so they can be done a whole bunch of different ways. Someone can have the exclusive right to make those decisions. Someone can have the independent right, meaning both you and your ex, uh, each have the independent right to make those decisions, or you can have the decision taking, uh, the decision having to be joint. So y'all have to agree. Um, so there are huge advantages to being exclusive. There are other advantages on just being independent and joint uh, is very difficult the vast majority of the time uh, unless, you know, you and your ex have, you know, y'all are in that top 5% of relationships of former spouses where y'all can actually co-parent. Yeah, and it just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Now, possession and access is a different beast. I mean, that is going to be based on any one of a number of factors. I mean, in the state of Texas, the presumption is that a, the minimum amount of possession that a parent should have is a standard possession order. And so what is that? Well, everybody's heard, you know, every other weekend or first, third, and fifth weekend, a standard possession order is, is first, third, and fifth weekends. Now, and we can get into, into you know, more of that as well. But basically it gets into alternating holiday schedules and expanded period during the summer. And there are different variations of that depending on do the parties live within 100 miles of each other is it what is referred to as an expanded standard possession order or is it just a regular standard possession order and you know what does that mean so 
so there are a whole lot of different factors that go into that, and we can get into in, into those differences if if you would like to. So, um, although there is one other thing I want to talk about with conservatorship, um, so the presumption in Texas, and it's a rebuttable presumption, is that the parties should be named joint managing conservators. Okay. The other type of conservatorship you have is where someone is named sole managing conservator and the other is named possessory, or there can even be instances where a parent is not named a conservator and yet their parental rights have still not been terminated. Okay, so let's talk about that worst one. If you are a parent but you are not named a conservator, what does that mean? That means that basically uh, you have no rights with, uh, as it relates to your child. Uh, according to the second court of appeals, you don't get any time with your child. You just get the honor of paying for your child. What do you have to do to be so awful to have that be your fate? Well, I mean, you know, there have to be some pretty bad facts, uh, or there have to violence, maybe. You could have uh, domestic violence, or you could have an allegation of domestic violence, right. or the person just doesn't uh, doesn't present well, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, a jury doesn't like them, uh, you know, if, if you try it to a jury. I mean, I think the likelihood, I've never heard of that happening uh, with a trial before the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have personally seen it happen um, in, um, in a jury trial. Um, as a matter of fact, I litigated over the issue of it being a de facto termination if that happens, and it went back and forth on appeal. And, um, you know, I thought it was a – I think it is a de facto termination. I think the second court of appeals is wrong, but uh, but I don't wear a black robe and I don't get to make that decision. That's right, that's right. So, so uh, anyway, it, that's a bad situation. So the likelihood of that happening is pretty small. But what is likely to happen is either parents are going to be joined or they're going to be sole managing and possessory. So if you are sole managing, that means you've got all those different things that I just clicked off being exclusive, meaning you get to make all those decisions. You know, the other parent does not. That doesn't mean that, you know, if they are, uh, if they've got possession of the kids and the kid gets sick, that they can't take them to the, to the doctor. They can in that situation. It just means that you know, they think that, you know, Bobby's got a mole on his face and they want it removed and it's, you know, purely elective. They can't just take Bobby in to get that mole taken off without, you know, the other, the other parent saying, yes, I agree that you can do that. I am allowing you basically to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the difference. I mean, um, it doesn't necessarily play into what the, you know, that there's going to be a difference in the possession and access. It, it just means that it's different as far as you know, educational decisions and, and those others. So it really are just a whole list of possible situations. It's not as black and white as people see. So do people get, are they confused when they're presented with, I could see people's eyes sort of falling back into their head. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of this, all this information you can just see in the five minutes that we've been talking, mm-hmm. you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose, yeah. you know, and to make it even more difficult a lot of the time people have gone online and they've looked stuff up. So, you know, you get some people that, you know, they've read it and it was, it was out there on the internet. So they take it as gospel. And, and so they come into a consult with preconceived ideas 
and making statements like, well, I know that we can do this, or I know that I can do this. And it's like, really? Well, that's not the law. That's right. And it's like, you know what? That's not the law in Texas. You know, and uh, an area that you see that kind of thing happen is, you know, people talking about alimony or they're, they're shocked to hear that Texas has, you know, guideline child support that caps at a certain level and doesn't mean that you can't get above it. You can, but it's very difficult. Again, this is the thing when people are used to different, you know, if they've come here and they didn't grow up here, they're not used to that, and our laws are a little bit different. So, again, it's important to talk to someone who knows all these, you know, can, and also can identify. So, when you have all these options, I picture myself a client saying, okay, I, what do I go for here? What is my ideal target here mm-hmm. for conservatorship, and what do I want? Maybe I just want mom to take care of all of it, and maybe I'm happy to just have some time. How do you strategize and how do you start at where do you, where do you, where do you need to go? Well, and that's the, that's the important thing about talking about everything because sure. every case is so, so different. So, you know, I have used the phrase many times with people, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. So I have seen people come in and I want custody of my, my kids. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? That, well, maybe I don't want mom to have custody. Like I don't want her to have it. But what does that mean? Because custody... Yeah. Custody is a term that is different than what we're actually dealing with, because what we're dealing with is conservatorship, which, remember, is dealing with the rights and duties and possession and access. Mm-hmm. So you get some people coming in thinking, I want, you know, I want full custody of my kids. I'm like, what does that mean? It means that I've got them all the time. I'm like, yeah, never going to happen unless you've got some facts that basically are going to get you to the point that mom or dad is going to be terminated. You know, it's just not going to happen. That is not going to happen. So, <laughs> what a lot of people, I think, a misconception people have is the more time you have with the children, the you're going to pay more or less money in child support. So that's something that people also think of too. Where's my bottom line? Maybe I'm already paying for the kids' college fund. I'm planning to pay for that. You know, what I want to limit, limit my child support liability. Mm-hmm. How can I do that with not, without completely messing up my family? Well, let's, let's talk about what you just mentioned, okay? I'm already paying for his college fund, okay? No court in Texas can order you to do that. You have no obligation to do that. Now, do you feel responsible to do that? That's a different thing. I can tell you that I've got a daughter at the University of Texas right now. She is killing it. Um, I, her mother and I got divorced God, 15 years ago, um, you know, we are splitting the cost uh, of, her, of her college, okay? Nowhere in our final decree of divorce are either one of us obligated to do so, okay? Now, uh, I remember being asked about obligating myself, and I was very matter-of-fact on it that, you know, I am going to do this but I'm not going to be obligated to do it right. in, in there. So that's a, that's a bargaining chip. If, you know, I think that, you know, if, if you're responsible enough, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. a funny way to put it. If let's just say, if you're a big enough boy or girl to get pregnant and have a kid, you're a big enough boy or girl to make sure that that child has the best life you possibly can uh, you can give them. Now, that doesn't mean being one of these 
uh, Disneyland dads or moms that, you know, or these, the folks that, you know, they try to buy their, their kids affection, you know, they're making a ton of money, but they're never around. And the most important thing you can do for a kid is be around. And, you know, there are different theories about, um, you know, should I pay for my child's uh, college or uh, graduate school or any of that? And there are different cutoffs all through that. And there isn't a right or wrong answer, you know. Uh, I'm paying for my mine uh, because I think it's the right thing to do. And uh, now I am also very lucky in that I've got a – you know, a really good kid that's got her head really screwed on and that has clear goals and all that. I mean, she isn't one of these that, um, you know, was getting in a lot of trouble in, in high school and barely got out. And you weren't sure if, you know, was she going to college to major in partying or to really get an education? That's dangerous because the blame game can start real quick too. Sure. Sure. And, um, you know, so, I didn't have to wrestle with that scenario, so that made it very easy for me. I know of people who have and who have paid, and then, you know, next thing you know, Junior has to be brought back and is going to, you know, Collin College, and there's nothing wrong with Collin College, but if you know that, you know, your kid is just going to go destroy their GPA, why the hell would you pay for them to, to go somewhere? Another great thing that I saw someone do is uh, with a kid that had kind of had some you know, weren't real sure if they were real serious about getting an education. They said, I'll tell you what, you get the student loans, and if you graduate in four or five years, I'll pay for it. And I thought that was a brilliant idea. You know, that way the, the kids incentive, you know, go in and do what you're supposed to do. Four or five. Four, four or five. They threw five. Four or five was not an option for me back in the day. Yeah, it wasn't for me either. I tried to convince my dad that I wanted to uh, – as as I put it, kind of, I wanted to stay there and take a victory lap at the University of Texas. Sure, and, he, and his comment was, he said, that sounds like a great idea if I wanted to pay for it. And I decided, you know what, I could go ahead and graduate and go to law school and I would be just fine. <laughs> yeah, so, right. you know, so anyway, I think we kind of got off, off, off a little bit there, but that just, that kind of goes into what the range of problems that you can, you can have, you know, you're going to, you're going to pay guideline child support unless you've got an exceptional case. You know, and when I say an exceptional case, I should say an exceptional circumstance. Does your spouse have a, have a mental, physical, or emotional disability that's going to keep him or her from reentering the workforce? If the answer is no, it's going to be difficult to get above guideline. Does your former spouse have to take care of a child that has learning disabilities or emotional, mental, physical disabilities that are keep, going to keep them, because of the time being spent, from being able to reenter the workforce? If the answer is no, it's going to be very difficult to get beyond. Are you exercising possession in accordance with a standard possession order, be it within 100 miles or over 100 miles? If the answer is yes, it's going to be very difficult for that person to get above guideline support. So it's not like, you know, where we hear, you know, these cases, you know, there's a basketball player or football player or some athlete or uh, movie star or something who, you know, is paying $30,000 a month in child support because of standard of living. That's not what, that no, I mean, hell, if I was a movie star out in, uh, out in, you know, California and I knew I was going to be getting for divorce, I would move the family to Texas, yeah. you know, and I would establish absolutely. residency and then I would file oh, for divorce. I mean, I, I've talked to people who have done that. Yeah. Um, I went to law school up in Chicago and their laws were different than other neighboring states and people did. CEOs, 
Um, I remember this one guy. He said, I'm going to move across the border because these, this is more favorable for me over here. My liability is going to be this or that. You only need to be there long enough to get jurisdiction over that. So right. you do have people moving away. You could have jurisdictional issues where, you know, mo- your client's mom, mom says the case should be here. Dad's running to California to file a case. Now we got battling states. High-end stuff, Mark. Well, that's why if you've got a question, you need to seek out counsel. I'm not saying that you need to file for divorce, okay? But you need to seek out counsel and ask, what does that mean? So like in Texas, you have to have lived in the state for six months. You need to have been in the county for 90 days, okay? Does that mean that you can't file a lawsuit in Texas otherwise? No, there are certain times when you can file under what's called the UCCJEA, emergency provisions and things like that. But there are all kinds of issues and hoops and, you know, is the court just going to take emergency jurisdiction or are they going to defer to, say, the California court? I mean, so there, there are a whole bunch of different issues. So if you're in Texas, um, if you're in Texas and y'all are getting ready to move to another state and you're like, hmm, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work out for me you need to call and talk to counsel and find out, okay, what are my rights within, within Texas? You know, and what could I do there? Conversely, if you're in New Jersey and you're getting ready to, you know, and y'all are, uh, you know, your spouse is on the housewives of New Jersey or whatever, you know, making a shit ton of money. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, wants to move down to Texas and y'all have got three youngins, uh, you know, you might want to consult a lawyer because their standard is different in child support than what it's going to be here. Absolutely. You know, talking about child support and uh, the calculations and what's we set support, that's one thing. Right. Now we have people who have variable incomes. And in, in a lot of a situation where we have high income earning uh, parents, you know, there could be bonuses, there could be other incentives for highly compensated corporate individuals. And it's not just a straight salary every year. And so we have very low income. And I've seen a lot of people sort of follow that. And, you know, people talk and they say, well, so-and-so is, has had a significant change of circumstances here. And, um, you know, they're, they're thinking about things in that term. Now, I'm, I'm assuming maybe they're not maxed out on the top of the scale yet. But um, when is it appropriate to talk to your lawyer about modification issues and also enforcement issues too, where people are maybe self-employed and you know there should be withholding order, but I mean all sorts of things can happen with people in dynamic careers and you know differing salary levels and whatnot. So uh, something that comes up pretty frequently. Yeah, there there are all kinds of different things that that can come up, and where you start talking about highly compensated people and bonuses and all that, you're only generally worrying about that for purposes of child support calculation to a certain point, okay? So when I've mentioned guideline child support, Mm -hmm. that is where calculations are capped right now at $8,550 a month net. So what is net? Does that mean after 401k and all, you know, your cafeteria plan, uh, you know, if you're at a big company is uh, all those deductions are taken out. No, that's not what it means here. Uh, what it means is basically you've got your basics taken out. So uh, your net is going to be with your 
income tax taken out, Social Security, Medicare, okay? And if you are paying insurance for the child, just that portion of the insurance for the child is where you're going to calculate your net, okay? So basically, if you're making $130,000 a year, approximately, okay, in that range, could be a little higher, could be a little lower, depending on different things, um, that is where you're going to be capped out, okay? That's the, you know, I represent a lot of people like that, but there are a lot of people that aren't at that level, okay? And so let's say that you've got somebody that's got a, um, well, let's talk about a sales guy, okay, or a saleswoman uh, that, uh, um, you know, is making an $80,000 salary, but how they really get paid you know, are their commissions, you know, their bonuses, and how are they bonused? Are they monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually? I mean, how does that transpire? So the key term there is income, all right? So are bonuses income? You bet your ass. Absolutely, they are income, and they come in. Um, so that is something to take a look at. You know, if, if when you were married and, uh, you know, y'all got divorced, you had two young kids, and and, uh, you know, your spouse was making $70,000 a year and now they're making one fifty. Is that a right time to, uh, uh, to want to modify? Absolutely it is. Sounds like it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that you need to remember. What is child support for? Okay. It is for uh, clothing, transportation, and shelter. Okay. That's, those are the basics. Okay. So how, how this is where a lot of people get hung up, okay? And frankly, um, I will say guys because I see it more that way. Um, I've won plenty of custody cases for guys that were mom is paying, and you hear the same argument from them, uh, which is how do I know that he or she is going to use the money on the kids? Sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I give him or her all this money, and, you know, and she's just living the life she's out there. She's spending on shoes. She's spending on boots. That's right. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? You don't get an opportunity to audit. That is not what happens. So if you're, you know, if your spouse or former spouse has a $1,500 a month mortgage and it's just her and Junior in there, guess what? You can look at part of that mortgage is going to be considered for the kid. That's the way they look at it, okay? Transportation, you know, part of the transportation costs, whatever the car payment is, insurance, uh, gas, all that stuff that we take for granted, all of these things factor in, and people lose that because they just think about diapers and clothes. There's no way that they could be spending that much. They're just out there going crazy. And you don't think about all this other stuff. Well, you know, other stuff also includes important stuff, such as medical problems. Uh, right. Kids may have special needs. There could be, I mean, there's a lot of people who are, have kids who have autistic issues. Um, we've got religious questions, uh, educational medical decisions. So they're, you know, outside of where the kid's going to be and how they're going to be, who's going to support them, there are also the other things that we need to think about. So where are those conversations coming up and what, what do you want people to know about those issues? Well, generally, you know, religion is a difficult subject. But generally what, what you're going to have is that each, each party is responsible for the religious training of the child when that child is in their possession. Mm -hmm. You know, the court is typically not going to say, um, <laughs> you know, just going to say, Nick, you can't take your son 
to the Denton Bible Church because Susie has got it, and she goes to, you know, uh, Denton Baptist Church or whatever, and so he can only go there. The court isn't going to do that. The court is not going to do that, okay? So that, that's where that one goes. Educational is, that one is, um, that one's rough. I mean, it, Well, it, homeschooling now is such a big thing, too, and I hear people say, you know, I don't want my kids, you know, with Common Core is happening or this or that, I don't mm-hmm. want my kids in public school. Well, you have someone else who might be on the hook for paying for the expensive private school, and then they're talking about homeschool, and then everyone's upset. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. I mean, and... Um, Homeschooling is where you will see it the most. You can also see it where someone wants to take the child out of public school and put them in private. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it with, uh, I had a case recently where it involved uh, taking the kid out of an honors class. Okay. And, um, and that, was, that was a mess. I mean, it, it, was, it was poorly handled by the school district. The school district's policy was, we only need one parent to make that decision. Uh, the, um, the language in the decree was that the parents would have independent decisions. And so if, if everybody's, in, if everybody's in, uh, in public school and you're thinking that we're going to keep the kids in public school, generally you're just thinking about you know, the independent right to, to get uh, a tutor and some other, some other help like that when you've got the kid with you. Okay, You're not thinking that it's, well, Junior isn't doing great in, uh, in geometry, and so uh, honors geometry, and so they want to take, take him out, and, but he still wants to stay in and get a fighting chance, but your spouse, our former spouse, says, no, let's go ahead and take him out. And then the, you know, the school district just does it. I mean, so it's, there, it can hit in a whole lot of different areas, um, and a lot of areas that, didn't, that you didn't think about. Uh, and and sports, sports may be another one. When they're old enough, the kids see the divorce might happen before the kids are old enough. The contact sports wasn't even an issue. Right. And now it becomes an issue. Yeah, and that's becoming more and more of an issue in light of, you know, all the, all the studies that seem to be coming out, you know, on a monthly basis with new, new information. And uh, I think the simple fact of the matter is that you don't know. Uh, you, you can pretty much see what's going to happen if, if you – you can pretty much see what's going to happen with an awful lot of athletes that go through that constant head trauma mm-hmm. or what is likely to happen. At least there is a, that there is a better than average chance that somebody is going to end up with CTE or dementia or some of these others. Now, how far back does that go? And is there a predisposition element that goes along with it? I don't think the science has been able to figure that out yet. And they don't know. I mean, I was reading something the other day that was just talking about uh, being able to see certain, I, I want to say with certain proteins that would let you know if someone had CTE. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just in 2017, the beginning of 2017, uh, and I don't think that everybody's in agreement with that test, by the way, the only way you, you really knew if someone had CTE was a postmortem examination yes, of the exactly. brain. You know, it's interesting. I interviewed a guy, Dr. Tandy Friedman, who is the uh, sports medicine doctor for the professional bull riders. Mm-hmm. And what he told me was the more that he's learned and the more they collectively learn, the more they realize they don't know. Right. So it's very, it's, not, it's inconclusive, a lot of these things. So right. 
you can see people having potential huge battles over these uh, issues of what's going to happen to the kids as they grow older. Um, see, and what you were just what we were just talking about there is a really interesting one with with the contact sports because mm-hmm. there you've got um, you know a triangular intersection, so to speak, of educational decisions, medical decisions, yep. and extracurricular. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got all three of those coming in at once. You know, and and I'll tell you what, if I'm a judge, I don't want to make that decision of whether or not um, whether or not junior can play football or. You know, I've always wondered with soccer, with all the heading and everything, how the hell do you not get something yeah, there or that's hockey? That's a good question. You know? Is, uh, lacrosse? Yeah. I mean, there are lots and lots of them. You know, um, I would say rugby, but I've got friends that play rugby, and I think some of those guys are already brain damaged. <laughs> <laughs> so. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah, so there's a lot of things to look at, and, you know, like you said, you can come to an agreement. What's it worth? What's the battle worth? Or, you know, and sometimes you see, does one spouse just want to continue to beat the other spouse? You know, they're, like they're waiting for an opportunity to haul someone into court and say, I'm going to make her spend money on her attorney, mm-hmm. you know, and they just love to fight forever. I mean, and there's sometimes you're on the other side of that and there's not much you can do about it. You know, it's a, how long did the kid, how long will the kids be 18 and on their own? Yeah, unfortunately, that is, that's absolutely true. There's some people that, that need need to be heard and they need to try to extract a pound of flesh. Um, And then there are others that, you know, if beautiful blue sky with uh, no clouds in the sky and and their former spouse says, Hey, it's gorgeous. Sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. You know, they're going to immediately say, no, it's, it's raining. And, uh, you know, couldn't agree on anything if their life's dependent on it. You know, so many of these issues are so complex. It begs the question why, we need a board-certified family law attorney to hire in things because, and the benefit of that is all that experience right. that I've seen that knows, okay, I've been this. You can kind of size up. This is this kind of situation. This is this. I've been through this before. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think an added benefit is, uh, you know, I've lived this on both sides. I mean, I've done this sure. professionally for a long time, but I've also lived it. Now, I've been very lucky in that my former spouse and I, you know, we get along pretty well. You know, are we best buddies? No, we're not best buddies. But, I mean, we get along uh, well, and we have put, you know, our kiddo first. Now, um, that being said, you know, I know there are times that I could absolutely drive her nuts. And I know there are times that she can absolutely drive me nuts still, okay? Ours was not one of the most, you know, acrimonious divorces. As a matter of fact, it was relatively simple. Now, it probably helped that both of us were divorce lawyers and, you know, knew what it was likely. Um, but they're just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And you need to contact someone who knows what they're doing professionally in this. And, of course, it doesn't hurt if they have been through it uh, personally, so they can add to it. Of look, this is what worked for me personally mm-hmm. when I did this, and this is something you need to think about. You know, um, so I think that is a a huge advantage that uh, uh, you know that really can bring something to the table. Absolutely. So people want to continue this dialogue, ask their questions, prepare for what they think might be coming up in the future. Mark, how do they get a hold of you, and what do you suggest? Sure. Uh, you know, our main office is in Dallas. We also have a Plano office. Phone numbers for either one of those is always good, but I'd say call our main office, 214-469-3100. If 
You can always reach out to me via email, mark at scrogginsfamilylaw.com. You know, you can always direct message me on Twitter or Facebook as well, and uh, I will get back to you. And, uh, yeah, look forward to helping you through what can often be a very difficult and trying situation. Absolutely. And, again, to uh, cap on any of these children's issues we talked about today, you have questions, give, give Mark a call, uh, you know, especially if you are in a situation where you have a, an existing order and things are working and you just have questions. So all sorts of uh, good information. To get. Again, the uh, telephone number, main number, Scroggins Family Law in Dallas, 214-461-3100. 469. 469, sorry, 469 <laughs> And for those, those of you up in Plano, 469-626-5220 or Frisco or whatever, um, you know, give us a call up there and uh, we'll be happy to, happy to help you out. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all. And we'll be back next month with more interesting information from the world of Texas divorce and family law. Thank you much.